This is the Critical Conversations podcast, a KPOV special project developed to feature unique perspectives and the courage it takes to go there, challenge mundane thought, and question the norm. Pacific Northwest Adult and Teen Challenge is a nonprofit dedicated to putting hope within reach of every person struggling with addiction through long-term residential discipleship. Often when I'm hanging out with people Uh, over the age of, oh, say, 40 years of age or older, most of us agree that being a teenager or a young adult today would be far more difficult than it was when we were young. I remember the comedic retort. When I was your age, I was 21. Well, thank God, and I mean that literally, that there are places of refuge like Adult and Teen Challenge to provide all of the D words like discipline, determination, desire, diligence, and duty that can be integral to making a meaningful difference in someone's life in these very challenging times. Welcome to the show, Micah Tapero, Executive Director of Teen Challenge and Adult Campus in Bend, Oregon. All right. Good morning. Good morning. So I think two of the things that caught my eye in preparing for today's show were the founder, David and Don Wilkerson's story, and the astonishing number of 78% of graduates remain clean and sober after graduation. Congratulations, Micah. That's quite, a, quite an accomplishment. So Thank you. tell us a little bit about Adult and Teen Challenge. Man, yeah. Um, Adult and Teen Challenge, it's a wonderful organization and ministry. Um, so for for those who might not be familiar, uh, we went by the name Teen Challenge for a very long time. Because uh, 64 years ago, uh, David Wilkerson um, saw some kids on trial on TV, and they were 12, 13, 14, and 15 years old, very young. They were wrapped up in a bunch of gang activity, and um, he felt like he was supposed to go up there and be their advocate, and he felt like they needed a change in their life and that that could be possible through through faith. Um, so he went up there, uh, barged into the uh, courtroom and got himself thrown out of the courtroom because <laughs> he was interrupting a little bit. But um, uh, that's it helped, called uh, good trouble. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, it's funny because him getting thrown out of the courtroom actually helped him earn a reputation among the gangs in New York City as somebody that uh the establishment didn't particularly like so it helped people to identify with him even though he was a pretty clean young pastor um and uh through this whole process of trying to uh help um, these young teens essentially in new york city um figured out that a lot of the root issues come from substance abuse whether it's drugs or alcohol um, and that's kind of where everything blossomed from uh, all the way back in, I believe, uh, 64 years ago now. Yeah, having been uh, young myself at one time, and it seems like a long time back, uh, some of the things that you guys key on really do make a difference. Uh, the, another thing, because I've actually been to the, to the uh, facility, is that you encourage people to exercise, which I think for young men is an absolute important activity. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's um, we try to have a uh, a framework that allows for wraparound care and we don't require physical activity, but we do highly encourage it. Um, they are doing um, or I don't know, I want to say they, but there's a number of different uh, uh, colleges and groups that are doing study on the effect of 
physical um, activity, whether it's exercise, going for a jog, a hike, um, even just a simple walk um, in order to help treat things uh, like depression, anxiety, uh, and stress um, in comparison to traditionally used um, pharmaceutical uh, drugs that are being prescribed. Um, and there's the, some pretty comparable evidence that it, it can help a lot, uh, just getting the body moving and kind of uh, forcing yourself into action. Yeah, I know even at the, the time when I first started strength training and, and physical culture, uh, it was a great release for frustration, even when times weren't difficult. Now I think it's almost imperative that people actually get outside and do something as well as, and I think you guys are uh, pretty good, have a pretty good record with nutrition, which I think also affects us psychologically. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's uh, um, pretty common that, that um, many of our students come into the program and they are uh, either severely underweight or severely overweight. And uh, it helps to just kind of get your body back on track and start the healing process physically, which a lot of times starts with food. Yeah, I think one of the, the key factors, at least for a lot of the young people I've known, is the idea that if you become routine, and I will mention at this time that all animals thrive on routine, and I believe the same is true of humans. Oh, yeah. Um, one thing that's uh, uh, probably um, can seem like a bit much in our program is it is inpatient, meaning that they live there uh, um, and about almost all of their waking hours are scheduled to some extent. Wake up's at 6 a.m., breakfast is at 6.30. Uh, we're going to start a morning class at 7 o'clock. Uh, at 8, they're going to start uh, behavioral health counseling. Um, at 11, they're going to have lunch. And uh, then they're going to go on with the rest of their day, whether it's more class or going to uh, work. But, um, yeah, a very regimented schedule that a lot of people that are struggling with substance abuse um, usually don't have in their lives and having that stability, um, is a, is a massive difference from before. Yeah. All, both those things, nutrition and exercise are anchors, in my opinion, for having a, a healthy lifestyle. If you're eating well and, and getting sufficient activity, you're likely to be much happier. So, oh, yes. so in that 78%, I'm sure that you've had, uh, some people that you would like to brag about. Uh, their capacity and capabilities. Uh, are there people working within the program, literally working within the program that started out in the program? Oh, yeah. Right now, our student life coordinator, uh, Andrew, he is a graduate of the program, I believe, eight years ago now. And um, he's uh, a success story of, of the ministry. Um, he went through the program, completely transformed his life, turned things around, and then he started working with youth uh, after uh, after finishing the program, um, he's worked with a couple different organizations. He's worked out in Florida, but now he's came back and worked with our uh, working with our team. Uh, he's responsible for bringing new students into the program, and um, because he comes from the background of being a student himself, having struggled with addiction uh, before coming into the program and having that freedom, um, he is able to relate to them and help walk through the process with them. Yeah, I think uh, once again, and there was a, a word that you mentioned in there called ministry, and I think that there's also a, a spiritual aspect to, you know, kind of coping with what's going on today. 
and you guys do provide that spiritual existence, correct? Yes, absolutely. So um, a lot of times when people talk about Team Challenge, you'll hear that we are a, uh, a inpatient drug and alcohol recovery program, um, which is it is true. Uh, but the the it factor, the changing factor, is that we do believe that there is uh, freedom through faith, and uh, that's ultimately going to be one of the things that leads to success. And I think is a big reason why the success rate is seventy eight percent for graduates. Yeah, you know, I I think just the idea that uh, you've you've mentioned a, well, we've talked about a number of thing, three things that are really important, and then there's one other thing, and that's just uh, the idea of being conscious and mentally engaged. And I think for some young people, that's really quite difficult. Oh yeah, um, it's it's interesting. It's one of the conversations we've been having as a team. Uh, throughout the Pacific Northwest, and it's how to engage with this new generation. Uh, the attention uh, spans are shorter. Um, the uh, interests are different. I mean, uh, there's also been a, a lack of um, societal interaction, uh, I think partially due to COVID, but partially due to our um, connection with technology. So it, it is hard to uh, capture the attention of people often. So one thing that is nice is we have built-in breaks, usually on the hour, every hour, um, to help take a little bit of a deep breath, refocus, and head back into the class, um, which can uh, help to, you know, constantly make make uh, progress. If we're going to have a class that's three, four hours long, whether it's the behavioral health counseling or our curriculum, um, taking breaks is highly necessary to be able to uh, um, stay focused. Well, you know, and I want to mention another thing that I think always occurs in in these kind of programs is the fact that uh, a lot of the people that work within the program, like yourself, get quite a bit out of this as well. We're designed to help each other. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, it is it is fun, <laughs> um, and uh, I've been able to create some uh, wonderful friendships. Uh, out of being a part of this this organization, this ministry, um, it it really is a community, and we aren't really meant to isolate ourselves, you know. And maybe we need a a weekend trip to get away and um, take some rest, but ultimately we do thrive in community. Yeah, it it's it's a cinch that, uh, and I think that uh, conversely, young women tend to, to communicate with one uh, one another more often than young men do. And I, I think that, uh, you know, having been in a, a number of gyms over the course of my life, there's always a, a part that is camaraderie, uh, recognizing that we're all struggling with a lot of the same issues. So, you know, I think anytime you can kind of get everybody to sit down and eat at the same time, uh, look at exercise and and really think about consciousness and spirituality, you know, there has to be rewards for the people who work there. Oh, absolutely. You know, for uh, for members of the team, as well as the students, a lot of times this is their uh, most intense community or brotherhood or family uh, that you could be a part of because there's it's a, it's a large group of people that sees each other every day for a very extended period of time because even if your staff 
you know, 40 hours a week, you're, you're hanging out with the students. And oftentimes that's more time that you're spending with a lot of family members, especially extended family, like maybe cousins and um, uh, siblings when you're an adult, you know, that you might not live in the same town as. So you'll, you'll create um, a uh, um, environment where you, you deeply know somebody, whether they're a team member or whether they're a student um, in a way that you normally wouldn't have in another organization. Yeah. Sadly, I think in our, our, uh, current uh, cultural structure, we don't really get a chance to listen to each other's inside stories. And a lot of times the inside story is the most important part of living. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, uh, we try to encourage um, uh, our guys to be careful about uh, what we call it war storying. And it's where they might be talking too much about the uh, past lifestyle um, unless we're talking about the progress that's been made through that. Uh, of course, in our counseling sessions, we open up with different things that are uh, necessary to, to make progress through. But um, we definitely try to focus on, okay, hey, what's some good things that we can build on instead of focusing always on the bad things of our past? And what are new things that we can look forward to as kind of building our ourselves up and kind of creating a, a new story? Yeah, that's, that's, that's really what it is, is imagining where you can be or, or at least a direction to get where you want to go. And it's so terribly important in today's world. Um, why don't we shift gears and we'll talk a little bit about the uh, donors and the thrift store and the fact that you guys don't use any government funding. Yeah, so... Uh because our curriculum is Bible-based and because we try to aim to give people freedom through faith uh, and through studying the Bible and uh, following following Jesus and kind of this discipleship process, we're considered to be faith-saturated. Um, so we don't get direct government funding um, for our program. And uh, it costs about, uh, I believe it's $3,500 per month per student um, for us to keep the program going. And we, we highly scholarship all of our uh, students in. Uh, we will ask friends and family to help raise some support, um, but that's a lot of money to, to raise. So we never allow finances to be a barrier for um, people coming into the program. If they don't have the funds, if they're coming in homeless, if they burned every bridge because they've already been to a couple different recovery programs, um, we don't allow that to be a barrier of entry and a barrier to stay in the program. Um, so. Our, our uh, ways of uh, fundraising is, of course, uh, donors um, that are helping this place um, uh, keep going. Uh, people can sign up for sponsorship, uh, $45 a month commitment that um, they get updates on a student in the program and the progress that they're making. Um, but the other one is uh, our thrift store, which we've recently rebranded to the name Super Thrift. Um, and it is on uh, 3rd Street. Uh, right between uh, Rite Aid and Grocery Outlet, um, kind of heading south on 3rd Street. And um, it creates an opportunity for the students to uh, learn. Uh, we call it vocational training. Uh, they can learn customer service, how to work a register, how to sort things, um, uh, how to uh, work as a team, and uh, how to deal with conflict with people, um, which are pretty they might seem like basic skills, but for a lot of people that are going through addiction, um, it isn't something that um, might be recent in their life or fully developed, especially if their addiction started when they were quite young. 
Yeah, I think, you know, as is the case with many other programs, uh, the money that you spend up front, uh, it works out really well because they become, you know, these potentially people that could become more of a drain on our society become more of an asset. And that's really the most important part. I think that uh, one of the things that's occurring in this world is that uh, we lack tolerance uh, of one another. And I think that working with the public definitely will make you tolerant and it certainly will be challenging. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, It's, uh, it's, it's fun to uh, get to be a part of the night shifts at the campus when students come home from the day. And um, a lot of times there'll be some excitement that they want to share something that happened and an interaction. And uh, sometimes it's a super pleasant interaction where they had a chance to help somebody and learn how to be selfless rather than selfish. And that's wonderful. And other times it's, Oh man, I had to deal with this person who was being so difficult today. And um, uh, it's, it's cool to see them grow uh, as they continue through their program. That's the way it should be. If, if you or a loved one struggle with addiction, uh, we do have an intake hotline that you can call and you can also call our local Bend campus. Uh, our phone number is five, four, one, six, seven, eight, five, two, seven, two. Um, and we can get you connected with either our campus, uh, or another campus. Um, if you're, uh, for instance, a woman, we're not a women's campus, we're a men's campus. Um, we can help get you connected, uh, to another facility, uh, in order to help get that freedom. Um, and, uh, we also are getting close to launching, uh, life renewal, which is our, uh, outpatient, uh, behavioral health counseling, um, which, uh, is going to still incorporate, our faith, um, which is uh, pretty miraculous that this is a possibility in Central Oregon. I'm very excited about it. It's currently available to our inpatient students, but hasn't been launched to the community yet, but it's going to be available very soon. Very cool. Well, I want to thank you for being here today, Micah. I also want to applaud you. It's it's so much better to be proactive than reactive in this world. Uh, we need to think ahead, not wait till the problems occur. And you're one of those people that is kind of taking the bull by the horns. And we want to thank you for being with us today and exposing our listeners to this really important program. Thanks once again, Micah. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You've been listening to a KPOV Critical Conversation. To hear more engaging interviews on important topics, please visit kpov.org slash critical conversations.